Hello, a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is definitely not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks macrophilia is a filthy way to treat a laptop. Welcome back to the Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane, and on this week's show, I'm stepping into the world of foot fetishes by seeing how you can bring up the kink with your partners and chatting to a foot fetish pro dom. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review, subscribe, and I hope you're ready because I'm about to go right to your soul. I've got a thousand foot puns. I can keep going. Hello, 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 dearest listener. Now, this week, I unearthed an article on metro.co.uk about how to bring up toe sucking and foot plate with a partner, which got me stepping into feet week here at the Smut Drop. And I'm stomping in with a few facts for you, stat fans. In a study of 5,000 participants, it showed that feet and objects associated with feet were the most common target of preferences. So if you like sucking on toes or maybe you like kissing the bottom of your partner's feet, then you are definitely not alone. And a foot fetish doesn't have to be about the feet itself. Uh, It could be what they represent. So their position, like being at the bottom of a person's body. I know that my clients loved a foot fetish. They loved getting on their knees and kissing my feet just because it made them feel super submissive. Ah, and of course, there's the shoes. <laughs> Some people just love looking at your Hellcat heels, uh, but others, they might like a little peep-toed sandal. I even know someone who wanted Ugg boots, and that was why he had to pay for it. But one thing I learned from an ex was that he loved feet because they were so taboo. They were the one part of the body that was constantly covered up. And he said that he liked that because they were curvy and really nice to stroke like it's almost like he liked them because they were ergonomically friendly so look there really is no specific way of entertaining a foot fetish which is why it is so important that you chat to each other you need to communicate do your research ask your partner what they mean or tell yours what you're looking for maybe they want to be trampled maybe you want clean feet. Maybe you want filthy, stinking feet. You have to start talking to each other. Now, let's also remember that when you are bringing up the conversation that feet are an erogenous zone. Yeah, it's not all just about that little bit behind the neck or your earlobes. No, your feet also have a lot of loving to give as well. So that's another reason why it's all fine having a foot fetish because it can be a lot of fun. (laughs) And if you want any more advice, then remember to head over to metro.com. But not before you have glistened all you can from this week's guest.
Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys, in recent times, foot fetishes have become less stigmatised and part of the mainstream. We've seen chats about it on Love Island, celebs talking about the fans' obsessions, and who here hasn't had a quick peek at Wikifeet? But when you've got a lovely pair in front of you, what do you actually do? If someone's got a foot fetish, how can you indulge them? Here to chat about some of my favourite kinks and show that feet are nothing to be afraid of. It's the British footmaster himself, aka Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll give myself a applause there. <laughs> there you go. Well done. How are you? I'm so looking forward to this because do you think that I'm right in saying that foot fetishes have become a bit more mainstream? Definitely, definitely. And I think that's thanks to stuff like Twitter as well um where it allows that sort of thing so all the bad twitter does there is that side of thing and i think it's also becoming more and more popular in porn as well so people are now sort of becoming more open to the idea of feet what does that do to a, a fetish like that because sometimes i think that one of the reasons why people like things like a foot fetish is because it's a bit illicit, it's a bit naughty. So when it becomes a bit more mainstream, do you find that that is helpful or or a bit more like, oh, no, it's just boring now because it's part of the mainstream? Well, for me, financially, it's, it's a result because <laughs> more people are... <laughs> open to it and coming forward. Um, I, I think it's always been actually very, very popular. I, I think it's always been there. It's just now people are noticing it's not a bigger thing. So like people can come forward and it's not, like you said, it's talked about in Love Island and stuff like that. So it's now become more mainstream and people where before they weren't comfortable with necessarily saying, oh, I've got a foot fetish. Now it's almost like it's the go-to for some people on most things. So it's good that it's being talked about more because it's now bringing it in. But for me, for it to become more mainstream is definitely a good thing. Now let's talk about you. Can I just start with your foot size? Let's go for that. Okay, so I'm UK size 15 or US size 16. My... God. Okay, just to give people a little bit of an idea of where we're coming from. And I'll let you start. Tell everyone who you are and, and where you where you're coming from. I am the guy with the massive feet. So if you have <laughs> a Bigfoot fetish, come forward for me, especially if you like the big feet. Um, <laughs> I have now been doing this since the age of 18. So I became homeless at the age of 17. And I went and lived in a house for over a year. But for 12 months of that year, I didn't realise I was living in a working house. So between the times of 9am and 3pm, it was a working girl's sort of house. I was staying upstairs. I worked every day. I had no idea until about eight or nine months in when my friend was like, I think something's going on because all these people were coming and going and stuff like that. And I approached them and I asked, you know, so, so what is going on here? And completely and honestly, they told me exactly what it was. And I was so interested in it, like so interested. 
So you were, so do you mean like with the working house, do you mean you were living with sex workers and they had like clients coming in? Yeah, yeah. So I was living with loads of sex workers. I was the only <laughs> non-sex worker there. I had no idea. I just thought these people had lots of really good friends <laughs> that were just coming around <laughs> just for an hour. Just for an hour, yeah, just for a chat. Yeah, I didn't really see many of them again, but it was great. <laughs> but, <laughs> so I, I had no idea. I had no idea. I was busy working in a theatre at the time for six years um, doing front of house. And when they approached me and said, oh, it's this is what we do, two of them were traditional sort of sex workers and one of them was a dominatrix and the story she had come out with so on and so forth just interested me so much because I liked the unusual what could turn some people on yeah. could turn other people off and for me that was just so so interesting so when I when I finally found out what it was, I stayed for another seven, eight months. So it was the best time of my life. I'm still good friends with most of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> so you're you're living with uh, dominatrix and some um, traditional sex workers. So what did made you go, do you know what? I'm going to give this a go myself. So, yeah, I was there for the seven years, um, well, for the year, sorry, and great people, so on and so forth. I was working at the theatre, the theatre then went on a break for a while because they were moving to a new establishment. And one day I was walking past a local cruising spot. Um, it, just, it just happens to be in a national park sort of near where I live as well. And someone drove next to me and said, what size feet do you have? And I said, oh, um, size 15 feet. And he was like, I'll give you £90 right now if you just give me your socks. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, I I will give you £90 for... uh, No, you give me £90 for my socks. That's not a problem. And then I walked away. I thought, I would have to work how many hours for that? And I thought, maybe maybe there's something in this. And then I, I looked into it and I spoke to the dominatrix woman who also worked in the house. And she said, feet are a massive thing. And you've got a big feet, so there's a niche there. For you so go forward and I must admit I first started off doing once again traditional sort of escorting and I thought this isn't for me I, I want power I want control I want money and I want something that used to bring me down was the size of my feet I used to think they're just too big they're awful but now I have something that can make me money that I used to hate so I turn it into money making sort of scheme and it's just sort of gone off from there bit by bit by bit and I've built over a client base with all different kinks and fetishes because that's what interests me is the unusual that's because you never really think about like I mean you do think a lot about how you know you've got different body parts and if a body part is different to you know like you said like the normal kind of thing but I've never thought about you know with someone with big feet and then feeling self-conscious about them yeah, I, I and you know what? Everyone with big feet say this, and everyone who says it to them thinks it's original, and that's, you know what they say about big feet? And it's like, oh, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, one thing I must say, and it's brilliant, and it, I love saying this, I can buy a pair of trainers, like Air Force Ones, for £90, and I, truthfully, the longer I wear them, the more I can sell them for. So my socks and shoes that I buy for £90, 
I'll pass off for £250. I'm like, I'm oh. making a profit on stuff I'm wearing. So I'm turning <laughs> something where I would normally get rid of or anything like that into quite a good money-making way for myself. What are the most popular things that you provide for people? Uh, so it is definitely, because of my size, it's macrophilia, what is a horrible name for it, but the fascination with giants or being shrunk. Uh, foot worship because of the size of my feet and then I I Ryan has a bit of a sadistic side I'm not gonna lie so I love trampling and a bit of CBT and all of that lot I, I absolutely love that but once again feet come into all of that with CBT and with macrophilia it's always all about feet so feet actually cross over a lot into a lot of fetishes, if not most. With CBT, we are talking here about cock and ball torture, not cognitive behaviour. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trained in that. <laughs> Some people might come to me and see it like therapy, but no, I'm not trained in therapy. <laughs> Just kicking. So, what is it like? You're you're trampling them on the balls and on the penis, or just giving them a swift kick? How does that work with your feet? It's just so variety. So everyone who has a fetish, in a way, it's unique to them. So, for instance, with trampling, there might be someone who likes being kicked with or being trampled with bare feet or someone who likes it with trainers or someone who's really tough and really likes it with boots and stuff like that. But I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> now, I think a lot of our listeners would be quite interested in when someone says that they've got a foot fetish, but when you are staring at someone and they say, I've got a foot fetish, I think a lot of people are then quite puzzled about what they can do to help that person. So what kind of things can someone do with their own feet that would be a nice turn on for someone who's got a foot fetish? See, that's quite interesting because I, I would normally say, well, have clean feet so on and so forth. But with feet fetish, there's so much variety. Some people like clean feet. Some people like dirty feet. Some people like sweaty feet. So you sort of have to go from there. But if someone says to you, oh, I have a foot fetish and you think, oh, well, I, I don't really know about that. Go home and Google it. Google now is absolutely brilliant and you can see like clips of it on how to do it so on and so forth and have a look and be like oh yeah I wouldn't mind that being done to my feet saying like rub my feet but I don't want to do that where you know I'm shoving my foot into someone's mouth and making them gag that isn't my sort of thing so with fetishes you, you sort of got to find a middle ground so as long as, obviously, as always, both parties are happy, if you desperately think, no, I, I don't want my feet touched, that is not for me, say it. Just be honest and open and just say, I'm really sorry, but that isn't my sort of thing. But if it's something you've never done, we only live once, give it a bloody go. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, it's feet. Like, it's feet. It's just a bit of the body. Like if someone wanted to kiss your hand or something like that, you wouldn't give it a second thought or worship your hand or worship your thighs or something like that. And we should all be open to be able to say, this is what I want. This is how I want it. Do you want to do it? And if someone doesn't want to, move on. 
but how was it for you? Because you said you that you you weren't too keen on your feet and you'd always felt a bit self-conscious about them. So when you've got people saying that they want to rub your feet or lick your feet, was there any part of you that was like, oh, my God, I'm, I don't know about this because they've always been a, a, a you know, a, a part of me that I didn't like? Or did you just throw yourself in? If I'm going to be completely honest with you, there I've. I, at that time, I didn't like myself. I didn't like any bit of me. I didn't like my belly. I didn't like my moobs. I didn't like my big feet. I, I just didn't like anything about me. Um, I didn't even really like my personality. So for someone to come along and say, I want to actually worship that thing that you don't personally like. And I just thought, you know what? I can't not like them anymore. And that money will go towards some trainers or whatever, because it back then it was more hard to buy my size trainers. It really, really was. Um, and I just thought, you know what, I'll give it a go. If I hate it, the only person who'll know is that person. And I tried it. I was so ticklish. I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be sick, because I was that ticklish at first. And the guy, luckily, he was a brilliant first client. He just said, relax, just relax into it, try it, because you could see I was tense, and I, I relaxed, and I'm not going to lie, it was okay, it was all right, and I thought it wasn't the end of the world, so I'd give it a go again, and I'd done it again, and again, and again, and now I love my feet, and I love my body, and I love my personality, and that's because of all fetishes and kinks, and even though, okay, I might see the person only for an hour or two, but that person is paying money to be with me and to love the bits that I used to hate. And now the bits that I hate pay my bills. <laughs> they pay my rent. <laughs> what was the moment where you realised, oh, this is it. This is where you went from Ryan to being the British footmaster. After I had done a few clients and I realised I really didn't want to do the traditional sort of escort sex work, I really wanted to go into the more, I never know what to call myself because dominatrix is obviously a female. So I often go for the word pro-dom and I don't know if that's correct. Yeah, so yeah. I call myself a pro-dom and a content creator. And I just thought, you know what? I want to be in control. I, I, I had obviously been homeless at 17 and stuff, so I wasn't in control of my life. But now I am in control. And I came out in school and it, it really wasn't a great time for me. And then I thought, hang on, I can now say those things that people said to me that made me feel bad and get paid for them and feel good about saying them. So it was therapy for myself. So Ryan was born out of that. And then Twitter, I found Twitter a way to do it as well. And people were like, oh, I want you to dress as a crazy clown and get your feet out. And I was like, clown? And that's when UK Bigfoot Master was born because it was sort of more of a brand instead of just foot worship. So it, it just blew up and it was brilliant. Um, I, I restarted it all again because I wanted a fresh start a couple of years ago, but it, it blew up. And now I've met brilliant people I feel safe. I've got a roof over my head and I love myself. I really love like turning the, you know, bullying comments and horrible comments into a positive for yourself. I want to get, I'm going to go down to the, to the tawdry level now because I want to get some nice tips for our listeners. So what would be 
uh, your three favorite things to do with a client. When they say, I've got a foot fetish, but I don't know what to do. What would be your three top activities that you would try? My, my three top tips would be take it slow. Make sure you're both enjoying it. Maybe start off with what I would say is if you're in a couple, sometimes you might lay on your partner's lap or anything like that. Maybe start with a foot rub, sort of that sort of thing, and then kiss the feet gently. Second, remember, people will be ticklish. It's taken me so long to get used to having my feet touched because first kind, I laughed and laughed and laughed. And, you know, I just hated my feet being touched. Now, I absolutely love it. So approach forward and go careful with it. Like you build up over time. But if someone's saying to you, I've got a foot fetish, ask them what sort of foot fetish and then build up from it. Do you recommend like any kind of like oils or massage things to use? So so I, I am obviously a gay man so my advice would mainly be towards the men I I don't know about women but for for men there are obviously manacles or medical I don't know what they're called but I recently went for one like a pedicure but it's for men like you know look, look after your feet just look after them if you love your feet and you like the look of them okay so for me it was the size of them but I sorted out you know my toenails there was nothing wrong with them but I you know I just made it look all more neat pretty picture and then I thought yeah let's let's go for it because as long as you're comfortable with how they look and so on and so forth go for it and remember for something that you don't like on your body someone out there will absolutely love it and I promise you at first you'll be like they're taking the piss but after that you'll be like no they actually do love it so maybe I'm wrong with not liking it So so just try it. Just try it. Now, speaking of something that I would love to try but haven't tried, but you do, macrophilia. What is macrophilia? Macrophilia is a horrible name because I don't think any words that ends in philia is ever a good name. (laughs) So so from now on, I will call it macro. But I I think it became macro just because of the Twitter characters. (laughs) No one could write macrophilia and write a full tweet. But macrophilia is, or macro, is the fascination with giants or giantesses or being shrunk. So it's normally, for, for me personally, I often, it's a point of view camera. So so the camera is a point of view. For instance, they're watching you, you pick them up in your hands. And, you know, do you remember films like the BFG and stuff yeah. like that? That That's like porn <laughs> to them. They, they love that. Stuart Little, BFG, oh, God. The witches, when they all go all small. Yeah, porn to them, mate. They love it. <laughs> love it. But yeah, if you think of that, those sort of scenarios, they're being very small and helpless and running around, then that's basically what macrophilia is. But again, there is feet become a lot involved in macrophilia because you're stomping and crushing stuff. So like toy cars or cardboard houses and stuff like that it's so much fun it is I'm not gonna lie it is so much fun like yeah you pick people up and you pretend to eat them or my favorite thing is putting them into a cereal bowl and then picking them up on the spoon so it looks like they're in my cereal and 
I just love it. I, I absolutely love it. There are some brilliant content creators out there that will use green screens and stuff like that. So, but for me, what I like doing is making the cardboard houses or going off to the works and buying the tiny little wooden houses and then putting on my boots and just stomping around my front room. I love that. And I absolutely love that someone is having a good old wank over that. Absolutely loving it. That sounds like you can just absolutely let your imagination run wild. Like as soon as you get an idea and you know, as soon as you get an idea of like, oh, I can make this point of view look small and I can start stomping and you can just go for it. Well, the, the other thing is, is it with it is I enjoy it so much. So sometimes I'll be like in bed and at 2am I'm like, oh, buy a ceiling winch and then and then put your phone there and then lure it and then it'll look like they're being shrunk. And oh my God. And like I wake up and I've ordered a ceiling <laughs> winch and stuff like that. I'm like, yes, let's do this. It's, it is just so much fun and you can be so creative and so inventive with it and it's just so good oh I love that I think what we don't appreciate is that kinks and fetishes are fun that's what they're there for they're supposed to be something that you can just enjoy and use as escapism it's not all oh let's all be serious and wear cat suits it's about having fun both parties yeah, I mean, even if you are wearing a cat suit, you should be having fun. Yeah, like it's, so it should always, always be fun. And what are some of the weirdest requests that you've that you've had? I have to ask this. <laughs> Everyone asks it. It's the law. One that I once done was a very sadistic. It was one of the first meetings I had, and he wanted called something called a barbecued willy and it was I thought oh no he wants me to put his willy on the George Foreman or <laughs> so it was something like that but it wasn't it was it was still quite bad he wanted a fork to be lit under a lighter and then for it to just be touched but his willy looked like a whopper mill by the end of it like a whopper burger it was that was that was the one where I thought yeah I don't want to go that far anymore <laughs> with that sort of side of it that's not for me, but I have had... <laughs> Flame-grilled willy, wow. Yeah, a, a whopper willy. <laughs> <laughs> that one was a bit like, whoa, but that's when I um, had done it with the female dominatrix who I'd lived with that mm. time. But some of the weird and wonderful ones are just... just uh, like For instance, yesterday, I was dressed up as, you know, uh, Billy from Saw, the puppet. Yeah, it from Saw. Yeah, I, I was wearing the mask, the hair, and I just had my feet out because the guy has a fascination with that puppet. He just wants to have a wank over that puppet's feet, and good on him. But I have burnt people at the stakes pretending to be a witch, but that was literally just using like heaters, <laughs> and he was blindfolded, and we're like, you know, burning. <laughs> Ooh. But that was all rope. <laughs> I, I have been in some really, really weird situations. Someone once asked me to eat as much asparagus as possible and then urinate in their mouth. But I don't think they realised how bad it was going to be. So when they had this funnel gag in, I'm urinating in and it smells quite bad. So he's like blowing it back out. And it was just like this pissy water fountain that stunk of asparagus. But that, that was my worst booking by far. <laughs> it was like a pissy asparagus water fountain. It was awful. He was gagging. I was gagging. And I said to him after, why asparagus? He said, well, 
I just thought it would spice it up. I was like, spice it up. <laughs> it was, yeah, by far. <laughs> oh, my God. Pissy Asparagus Water Fountain is my bad name. I'm absolutely new. <laughs> new EP. At least I didn't have a Barocca beforehand. Oh. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Nice big orange pissy asparagus fountain. <laughs> oh my God. When you meet someone, how do you start broaching the subject that this is what you do? If they don't know what you do beforehand, do you do you tell people? Because this is something that I always like get asked as well. And, you know, I just like knowing what how everyone else goes about it. I'm nosy. My mum, shout out if you're listening. She won't be. Uh, she thinks I just sell feet pictures. <laughs> she thinks I'm doing quite well, just selling feet pictures. Um, <laughs> but my friends and everyone else, they, they know everything. So, and anyone I meet, I just think life's too short now. So even if I'm in a pub and someone's like, what do you do? Like I said earlier, I don't know if I'm a pro dom or whatever. I'm like, oh, I, con- I make content. And they say, well, what sort of content? I'm like, let's just say adult content. And sometimes people will be like, oh, oh. Like, and I'm, I just think life's too short. Get with it or don't. You, you, mate, probably are going home and having a wank, like over porn. Like what I'm doing is no wrong. So get your nose out of my business. And if someone's got a problem with it, I don't have time for them. So very often, probably within 10 sentences, it will come out, oh, I'm a sex worker. And nine times out of 10, their face will tell you what they seriously think of it. But I love love that you're using it as a filter. It's just like, well, if you don't like it, off your fuck. You know where the door is. Yeah. Oh, Right, I could chat all day. Oh my god, I oh, love it. You. I could chat all day about this, but unfortunately, I am gonna have to. I'm, I'm gonna have to go and look up some of your content. I'm gonna have to look at you squashing small houses now. I am absolutely. Oh god, if I could have made anything, squashing small houses would be what I'd be doing. Stepping on Lego, would man. Be the thing. Perfect. If people want, no, no, that hurts. Don't step on Lego men. <laughs> that really hurts. <laughs> Make other people step on Lego men. That's there. there, we, there go. we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to find you, where can they find you? So they can find me at UK Bigfoot Dom on Instagram or Twitter. Or if you just Google UK Bigfoot Master, I come up everywhere. Or you can email me if really want for some reason at ukbigfootmaster at gmail.com brilliant thank you so much for joining us ryan thank you so much for having me thank you so much Oh, my thanks to Ryan there. How fabulous. Do you know what? It really warmed my heart to hear him go from such a difficult start and then find his tribe with sex workers. <laughs> Who wouldn't love to find their tribe with a load of sex workers? And then having so much fun making all this weird, wonderful content. I feel quite jealous. I feel like I should try some of that. I really loved what he was saying about the little train and the, the macrophilia content. I'm so happy that he's found his content confidence and you know where to find him if you want to find his massive size 15 feet 
Last week, I asked you for all your kinky questions, fetish fantasies and sex-rated stories. As ever, you sent me some brilliant proof that I needed that there was life out there. Hello, everyone. Uh, Okay, so let's dive in. So Ian on Instagram, he says, I've got a fantasy about going down on someone when they're on their period. Is it safe? Absolutely. Okay, so there is some science to say that because it's blood, so you need to be wary of any ulcers or cuts that you have in your mouth. But otherwise, there are things you can use, like you can use a dental dam if you're that worried. But if it's your fantasy, if it's your fetish, then there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> it is very common and you can go and Google bloodhounds go and find your tribe. (laughs) And of course, we're going to see if we can get an expert in to chat to you about it in the next few weeks. But yes, otherwise, there are plenty of people who are in it. You're not weird. And it's absolutely fine if you do it in a safe way. And there is plenty of advice you can get online. Uh, Now, Carly, she sent me an email just saying, when is a fetish a fetish and not just a preference? That is a great question. So for me, because I think when it comes to fetishes uh, of the body, let's say, so obviously, you know me, I'm a plus size girl. I think that when people have got fetish compared to when it's a preference is when they can't see anything other than my body, when they don't want to know who I am or what I'm about. They don't, they're not interested in my values or my life or anything like that. All they see is my body and my way of proving whether they're up for it because they've got a fetish or whether they've got preference is if they ask me any questions. I know it sounds really silly, but lately some of the guys that I've had dates with or have just contacted me or on dating apps, they don't ask any questions about me. So if you're someone who's got a body type or an image that can very well fall into the fetish fantasy, just see if that person is asking you any questions, if they want to know anything more about you other than just your body. And we've got another question on Instagram. (laughs) They say, is it weird that I don't have a fetish? I like a nice evening in with a lasagna and cuddles on the sofa. But that's about it. That's not weird at all. That's fine. I think we've got a lot of stuff going on these days. There's a lot of BDSM stuff and it feels like you have to be kinkier than now. And especially sometimes when you're starting on the dating apps and sometimes when people just say, oh, you sub or dom, you don't need to be either. You can be chilled out. You I think we really need to stop saying vanilla as if it's a bad thing. I think vanilla is a lovely flavour and I'm all for it. Now, if you've got any other questions or if you've got any kinky stories, you can contact me. I want to know next week what your favourite Valentine's date ideas are. When you're coming up to the day itself, what do you want someone to do? What do you like to do yourself? Whether you're single, coupled up in a thruple or just keeping it casual... Tell me how you like to spend your Valentine's Day. You can slide into my DMs. Just look out for Miranda Kane on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. 
I've been Miranda Kane. Smut Drop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for Metro.co.uk. And if you're enjoying these weekly portions of pervy pie, please leave me a nice review. In the meantime, I'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you do, then name it after me. Ha, 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 ha.